Hi, thank you so much for joining us today. My name is Holly Smith. This is a production of Lion and Lamb Ministries. You are listening to Grab the Glory with Holly Smith. Thank you so much for being here. Today, we are talking about something that is amazing, and it is the sanctification process. Before I get into that, though, I should say thank you so much to our partners at Lion and Lamb Ministries for helping us build our new set. We are so excited to decorate it, and yeah, it's going to be awesome. Uh, This ministry is going to be producing a lot of media online because the the Lord has really placed on my heart. You know, I said, Lord, let me go do street ministry. Let me go, let me get a microphone and go out to a street corner and preach and get people saved. You know, I'm willing to do that. I don't, it's not my flow, but I'll make myself that uncomfortable because <laughs> it's some people's flow and, and some people's like, uh, they're calling on their life. Right. And so I was like, Lord, let me do that because I just want to serve you and I, and I'll do anything. And he said, honey, I love you. And I appreciate that, but that's not what I've called you to. And that's why that, that, that sounds horrifying. <laughs> um, he's like, listen, this is what I've called you to. I've called you to media. I've called you to media ministry because there are people who don't know the gospel and they're online and you need to go get them online. So I just wanted you to know that for the time being, Line and Land Ministries is a is an online ministry. God said, reach the people online, reach the people that you know how to reach. I'm a, I'm a former uh, marketing director for uh, telecom and in corporate America. Um, I did media for church. I, for our church, I've done all kinds of things like that. And so my background is media. My background is film. My background is editing and social media management and all that stuff. And so the Lord said, you know, this is what I've been training you for all these years. And I didn't even realize it, right? I thought I was just being um, myself and I was, but turns out that that flow was for a certain reason. So, so this story is already to tell you, like, we're already starting in the sermon here. Uh, what we're going to talk about today is exactly what I'm saying. See, you think your life is random. You think your life is out of place. Everything's just kind of happened. It's happened to you. It's happened. Um, you know, it's just kind of happened, right? So, so who knows? Who knows? Who knows what's good? Who knows what's bad? I just kind of been living and I've been, my heartbeat's been beating. And so I've been breathing and, and working and making money. And that's been my life. And and I'm just here to tell you, you're wrong. You're wrong. If you think it's a random accident that you're watching this video today, you're wrong. God has a purpose for your life. He has a plan for your life. And he has something so magnificent that he wants you to accomplish, not just for you, but to get souls saved. See, I'm not saying that you're called to be a minister of the gospel necessarily. That may not be the case at all. But that doesn't mean the call in your life isn't to get souls saved because that's actually the only call on any Christian's life is to get souls saved. The great commission was given to every person who believes in Jesus. Go and tell my people I'm coming. Go and tell all the world. And when the world is, when, when the good news is preached to the ends of the world, the end shall come. The end shall come. There's an end. There's an end after this time on earth. And it is something I've been commissioned to preach because, you know, we live in the end times. We are the generation. My generation will see Jesus come down from the clouds. I, I know that. It's in my spirit. It's, it's been told to me by the Lord. And so you don't have to believe it. That's okay. But I just, for the people who... I'm not going th- to speak that you won't believe it. I believe you're here listening to this message because you do believe me, because you do trust me. 
Because at this point, if you've gotten this far, you'll either know me or the Holy Spirit has led you here. So you know what I'm telling is truth. So we're just going to go in that vein. God has told me that the end shall come in my lifetime. And I am to prepare the bride of Christ for the end. I'm pre- I, I am to beautify the bride Okay, along with the Holy Spirit, but it, it, my role, right? My role is going to be used to beautify the bride of Christ so that she's spotless without stain or wrinkle for the day that Christ comes to get her and comes to get us. And so for us to be able to do that, for us to be able to turn into that bride, I have to have an outlet. And so the Lord's called us to start a media company, to, to project the good news all over the world, to create television shows and movies and kids media that would help inspire people. See the media today, Hollywood is, is so dark. And so we're going to create a new version of media so that people, families can feed on the word of God through entertainment, through, through lifestyle choices in watching shows, because you know, you shouldn't have to just watch a couple of DIY home shows to not feel like you're sinning by watching television, right? You should be able to watch a sitcom, watch a movie, sit down and watch even a dramedy or something without it being negative. See, we've been thought, like we've been told that television is, is like, it's just where sin is. This is just where sin is. Let's just leave it alone. That's a lie from the devil. See, every good and perfect gift is from above. Every good and perfect gift is from above. Every idea is from above, if you didn't know that. Television's a good idea. It's a good idea. How else is every person in the world going to see Jesus when he comes down? He's only coming down in one spot. It's going to be projected. There's going to be TV cameras on it. The word says that, that all the world will see him when he comes back down. Well, how would that happen? unless we have what we have today, this infrastructure that we have in place. Think about how long the world has been in existence and think about how quickly technology came to the earth, how quickly technology and media kind of overtook. Even my parents' generation doesn't have the experiences that I've had because of media. And my children will have an even deeper interaction with media than I have. Um, at least than I had when they were children, right? Or when I was a child. So all of that being said, I just want you to know that, you know, this ministry has a vision. It has a call. We're going to preach the gospel. And I know that, you know, the Lord said, listen, there's an end times harvest, but your media company, this ministry is going to be the road. It's going to be the road. So, so this is twofold. We are going to put out media. And I'm just giving you the vision. This is where we're headed. This isn't what we're doing today. I don't have a staff and a team today. I'm just going to be honest with you. I'm going to tell you where I'm at because I'm going to walk this out step by step in front of the camera so that every single person can see the process and the blessing of Abraham manifest. Because I fully believe that it's my job to sit in front of this camera and portray to you what the Bible looks like in real times. And so I'm going to do that through my own life. I'm going to do that through the lives of others and through stories that we tell through media. And so I wanted you to know that this is a media ministry. I have such a passion for laying hands on people and for ministering in the Holy Ghost, for being in meetings. I love the body of Christ so much. And it's it's my heart. That's where I want to be. I want to be in churches. I want to be behind a pulpit. I would go get a building tomorrow if God would let me. And I would just start a church and just dig in. But he didn't ask me to do that. And so I wanted you to know that, that this isn't a random thing. I'm not being lazy by just giving you a video. I'm, I'm not trying to skirt the system. 
We live at the end and there are some unprecedented things the body of Christ is going to be asked to do because God is creative. And God has so many ways to get his message out there. And the devil only has like, I don't know, four or five tricks, but God has endless ways to save people. And he's going to use every single one of his kids to do it. And so that's what we're talking about today is how is, what is your role in the body of Christ? Cause I just told you my role. That's my, that's the vision and it's the call on my life. It's the vision God's placed in me. We're going to be bigger than Netflix. We're going to be bigger than any immediate company you've seen so far. And what's going to happen is people who don't even know the Lord are going to be like, I love that TV show. And honestly, it just kind of feels good when I watch it. And then I started kind of looking into it. And then there was that Bible verse that was on that last screen. And I was like, gosh, is God real? And they got saved, right? That's the vision. And it happens for millions and millions and millions and hundreds of millions and billions of people. I'm talking big. I'm sharing you what God has shown me. I'm sitting here in my house. This is a back room of my house. I am a one man band right now. My husband helps me when he can, but this is it. It's just me. We have faithful partners and we need more. And so if you'd like to give to this ministry to help be a part of this vision, to help grow the team, to help grow this ministry, because you want to see good television and media, right? You want to see souls in the kingdom. Hook in with the Lord. He says, when you give, when you seek first the kingdom, all these things will be added to you. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And when you sow a seed, you reap a harvest, some 30, some 60, and some 100 fold. Not 100 times, 100 fold. When you fold it, it doubles every time. A hundred times, take any number and, and times it by two, a hundred times. And you'll start to understand the concept of a hundred fold. It's a spiritual concept. It's a God concept. And I want that blessing to come into your life because it's come into my life rapidly. As we speak, the blessing of Abraham is pouring down on me because my husband and I have hooked in with God. We've sought first the kingdom. We've sanctified ourselves. We've made ourselves holy. We've set our family apart for the good work of the gospel. And because we've done that, even though some of our work is in the secular field, our life is for the gospel. And so even though you're maybe not called into ministry or you don't know, right? You need to know that if I love Jesus, my life's mission is to spread the gospel because Jesus said, um, (laughs) Jesus said in, in the gospels, when he was preaching, he said, you know, you can't follow me unless you take up your cross and follow me. See, Jesus crucified himself at that cross. He left everything there. He wasn't himself. He was, he was just, he gave it all. And he gave up his life. He could have kept living. He could have married. He could have had children. He could have built tables till the cows came home. And you and I would be going to hell and there would be no salvation plan. There'd be no redemption. There would be no hope. There'd be no smiles. There'd be no joy. It would just be horrible. But Jesus gave up his life so that every single one of us could live for eternity. And he paid for our sins and he paid the price in hell for three days. And then he rose. Hallelujah. He rose. And when he rose, he poured his blood on the holiest of holies on the mercy seat. He paid the price for you and me. He did that. He suffered. He suffered. And he did that. It also, not to mention before he did that, it wasn't super easy to walk around preaching to people who wanted to kill you all the time. That wasn't an easy thing to do. He wasn't a popular man among many people who really wanted to hurt him. But he did all that. Why? Because he knew who he was. He's God's son. 
And he's here to get people saved and get them to heaven so we can continue on into eternity because life is not about right now. What you're doing, your life, it's not about today. Driving to work, taking care of your kids, those are, those are good things, but that's not all life is. Life is not just losing weight and paying bills. It's not. Life is about getting people saved, you being saved and sanctified and living heaven on earth. And so today what we're going to talk about is living heaven on earth. And it's not just going to be today, guys. It's really not. We will probably do a three or four part series on this because this has been the process I just walked through. And it's what took me from who I was growing up to who I am today. And and those are two completely different people. And, And we'll get into that more. But basically what I just want to say is who you look like today what your personality is, what you think your goals are. After this series, you hook in with me, you stay hooked in, you listen, you hook in with God and you do the things I'm telling you to do. I promise you, your life is never going to look the same and it's going to be so much better. Okay. There are people, there are places, there are things going on that you don't know about. There are reasons people are in your life you don't know about. There are callings on your life you don't know about. And unless you hook into this, unless you understand what I'm saying, you're not going to find out. So you're going to spend the rest of your life looking for something and not be able to find it when it was right here the whole time. I promise you, this is what you've been looking for. Everything I'm telling you leads in, it ends in health in abundant life in prosperity and in pleasing God. And if you love God, it should be your goal to please God. And so I'm going to give you some steps as to how to please God, because this is what he wants us to do once we get saved. And this is what the church by and large has not been talking about is what do I do after I get saved? What can I do to help God? Because I'm not a pastor. So what do I do? This is what we're talking about today. So let's get into it. Um, We're talking and, and this is called the seven steps to the sanctification process. The sanctification process is, um, Sanctification means to be made holy, to be set apart. Sanctification is deciding I'm not going to live in the world. I I don't care because honestly, I've been living in the world and you know what? I'm broke. I'm in debt. My boyfriend dumped me, you know, whatever it is. The world does not produce abundance. The world does not produce life. Why? Because the world has fallen. See, it fell when Adam fell and the devil took over and all those bad things happened. Well, when Jesus went to hell and he paid the price, right? He stole the keys of sin and death from Satan and he, and he fled, not fled. He, he rose triumphantly out, right? Hallelujah. Well, when he did that, even though the power was stripped from the devil, it's up to the church to proclaim that to all the world. And all the world has not been fully versed. And so what has happened is generation after generation after generation of people have just done what the generation before them has done. They don't know God. They don't know Jesus. They don't know abundant life. They don't know that that's possible. And so they don't do anything. They just, they just live, they go to work, they, they go to work, they go home, they watch TV if they're in a first world country and they go to bed and that's it. And they do it over and over again. And they're like, I'm so excited that it's Friday. I'm going to get off in two hours. And then I'm going to spend half my paycheck. I just got paid on one Friday night fun. And then Saturday, I'm going to be, do you know what I'm saying? And then by the time Monday rolls around, you're broke, you're tired, you're so depressed and you hate your life. You don't want to go to work. You don't want to do anything. You're just done, right? Okay. 
if that describes your life or any piece of it, if your life reflects what I'm saying in any way, shape or form, then this is the sermon series for you because you need to learn what God really wants for you because God does not want that. I'm just telling you right now, God did not put you on this earth for that. He put you on this earth to walk like Jesus walked in that Jesus had power. Jesus raised people from the dead. Jesus had money. People won't tell you that, but he did. Jesus had money. Jesus had friends. Jesus had an entire business, the Jesus Christ Evangelistic Association. Okay. So (laughs) Jesus of Nazareth Evangelistic Association is probably what it was called. But anyway, the point is you have a giant call on your life and we're going to learn about it. So if you're interested, you're still here. Here are the steps. The first step is this, recognize you need to get sanctified and commit to the process no matter what. Decide today that you're not going to quit this process. Um, And again, the process is everything I just described. Everything I just talked to you about is on the other side of this. And this is biblical. We're going to get into verses on that. In fact, let's go to some right now. Study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night so you will only be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. And this is, uh, that's Joshua 1.8. Another verse is the beginning of knowledge is the fear of the Lord, which means if you got saved yesterday, everything you have learned up to this point is useless. And I'm not kidding. I, I really thought that was like, a jokey verse. I'm like, Oh God was kidding. Cause I've been on this earth for a long time and I'm fine. He was not kidding. Everything that I have learned since going through this process is contrary to what I thought I knew. Okay. So <clears throat> Joshua 1, 8 says, keep this. So, so that you can, because the beginning of knowledge is the fear of the Lord. So when you get saved, you're at the very beginning and you have a walk to walk after that. And this is what we're doing now. Joshua 1, 8. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. So if you had to guess what's coming in these steps, reading the Bible. Okay. Um, very good. So the first step is recognize you need to get sanctified and commit to the process. No matter what, decide you will not quit. Okay. Step two. And, and you're already here. So you're doing that one. Step two, surrender through prayer. But you, but I'll go back to the first one. You need to decide in yourself. You need to go to the mirror, look at yourself and say, I am not going to quit no matter what. You're not going to quit no matter what. We are going to get God's best for our life. You have to want that. You've got to have, you have to have a holy dissatisfaction with where you're at in life right now. Okay. Um, and reading the word and hearing what I'm saying, getting some vision will help you be dissatisfied with where you're at right now because you've thought this is all there is and there's more. There's a whole kingdom that is operating here on the earth that you don't know about. And that's what we're revealing today. So I'm so excited. Um, go look, uh, go, if you question me, I'll go ahead and say this, go to your Bible app and look up the word kingdom and see how many verses come up. I promise you kingdom is a big part of this. We got to have a kingdom mindset. So step two, you need to surrender through prayer because nothing happens in a Christian's life without prayer. It doesn't, nothing, a prayer when is a life win, a prayer failure is a life failure. When we fail to put prayer over things, we're planning to fail. When we succeed in putting prayer over things, we win. Okay. Um, so here's what you say. Say, God, take me through this process. Take me through the sanctification process and clean me out and use me as an honorable vessel for the master's work. And here's your guarantee. Matthew says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. See, God, you're not waiting on God. God's waiting on you. 
the minute you say, God, I'm ready. And from experience, I can tell you, he will swiftly, swiftly start the process with you because he has been waiting to use you. He has been sitting there watching you go throughout your mundane life every single day, ignoring your angels, ignoring your Bible, ignoring, you know, church, ignoring him. And he's like, I know you're born again, honey. I know you're born again. I know you can do this. I know you love me. I know no one's taught you. And so you're here today and you have the responsibility of knowing, right? You have the response. Someone has told you now. And so all you have to do is come to him because this is his invitation to you. He's speaking through me. This isn't Holly. This isn't, it does say Holly's podcast, but it's not Holly's. It's God's, right? The glory, grab that glory. The glory is God's and glory will become a tangible term to you. See, before I knew this stuff, before I walked through the sanctification process, all these terms that were in the Bible did not make sense to me. I was like, what is glory? What does that mean? Well, when I got in the presence of God, I realized... That's glory, right? When you experience God. And so what you're doing through this is you're, you're saying, God, I want to meet you personally. I don't want to just know about you. I want to know you and your will for my life. I want to become, I want to become your child. I want to be a kid in your lap for the rest of my life so that I don't have to struggle and worry and toil and have strife, but I can have peace and love and joy and prosperity and health and abundance This is what you're doing when you're saying yes to this. Well, this is what you're doing when you're agreeing to walk with God. God is not a mean, vicious, villainous ogre who hates you. God is not sitting there going, that was bad. That was bad. He's not doing that. He loves you. You're his kid. If you have a child, then you have the privilege of knowing a little bit more what I'm talking about because there's a different door of love that opens when when you have children. It just does. And you just realize like your life no longer matters and, and they're all you focus on it. And you'll notice, especially if you have children, you know what I'm talking about, especially young kids. When you have them in a place that's not the house, pretty much your eyes are always on them. (laughs) There's danger at every turn. (laughs) And even sometimes when you are at the house, um, you know, you're just, your eyes are always on them because you're like, I don't want anything to happen to my kids. This is my job. No one else is going to watch my kids like I'm going to watch my kids. God has put them in my stewardship and my care, and it is my job to get them home safely today. So I'm going to watch every single little thing they do, especially if they're around people who you don't know, situations you don't know, right? Um, Danger in any way, shape, or form next to a street, right? If they're in a busy restaurant or, or a crowded stadium and you took your kids somewhere, you have that moment where you're like, I have to watch my children, (laughs) right? I want you to think about the world for a second and think about all the crazy, dangerous things that happen here. Think about the devil. Think about how one moment, you know, if you don't hear the gospel soon enough, the devil just can take you out and you're defenseless to that. unless you're born again, unless you know some of this stuff. And so, uh, it's really important to remember that God has been staring at you. He's been thinking about you. He loves you and he's not mad at you. Honey, he's not mad at you. I, he loves you. I love you, thus saith the Lord. I love you, thus saith the Lord. I love you, thus saith the Lord. He's not mad at you. He's not mad at you. Okay? So, especially, especially, like, you're here. You're seeking him. He loves you. He loves you. Get that inside you so deeply that, that my God loves me. Okay? So you say this prayer, say, God, take me through this sanctification process. Clean me out. Make me a holy vessel used for the most honorable use. 
In Jesus' name, amen. And he'll do it. You don't have to sit here and worry. Take worry off your plane. In fact, as you go through this, you'll learn worry is a sin. Did you know that? Worry is a sin. Concern like that is a sin. Concern and worry, concern is like that caught my attention. I need to watch over that. Worry is, oh my gosh, what if we don't make the rent? What if we don't pay the bills? What if the kid gets sick? What if, what if, what if, what if, what if, what if, what if? If that's anxious, that's anxiety, that's of the devil, that's of the kingdom of darkness. God doesn't want that in your life. And so he calls those things sin so you know not to do them. You tell your kid, don't touch the stove if it's hot. Don't touch the stove because they don't know if it's turned on or not, right? Because it could burn them. That's a rule you put in place to protect them. God's rules that he has that people think are so oppressive and evil and awful is because they haven't walked fully into them. If you walk fully into them and transform instead of just trying to conform, which if you conform to the, to the rules or to, what, to God's way is really what it is. If you just try to conform to God's way instead of transform through the word, you're going to fail. Especially some of you who know this, especially if you don't have preaching like this at your home church or, or maybe you're not going to church right now. And so you, you haven't had anything like that. And you just try to be your best. I'm just trying to be my best. I'm trying to be my best. I just want God to love me. I'm trying to be my best. Okay. But if you don't let the word clean you out, if you don't let the word tell you what it is that, that you're missing, where, what's this little piece that, okay, oh, I shouldn't do that. Okay. Do you know what I mean? So until you do that, you're not transformed. You're just conformed and conforming will fail because you can only pretend for so long. And that's what it is. Conforming to God's way instead of transforming to be in God's way are two different things. Attending a church service because it feels good versus attending a church service because you're a kingdom citizen and you're going to be in the presence of God and be with the body of Christ and you're going to encourage people and you're going to lift them up and you're going to participate in corporate prayer and worship with them. You're not going to get something. You're going to give something. Those are two different places to be in. And unfortunately, the body of Christ has gone to church to get something, if anything at all. If they've gone at all, they've just gone to get. What programs do you have for my children? What things do you do on Easter? What gifts do you hand out at Christmas? What comfortable seating do you have for me today? That's been the American church, and it's demonic. That's demonic to take and take and take and take and take. That's what demon-oppressed people do, is they just take. They take and they take. And they don't give anything back. They don't share. They don't give. They don't love. They just take. And when you as a Christian just take from God, just take from the kingdom, just take from church, you only went there to take. I just need something. I got to take. I'm not saying don't go to church because you don't need something. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying don't go every single day. Don't show up to God every single day just to take. He wants you to participate in this because when you sow seed, when you give up your life to follow Christ, you get everything. He's not trying to get something from you. He's trying to get something to you. He's trying to get abundant life to you, but first you have to let go of it. There's this image that's floated around social media for decades, I think, at least a decade. And it's a picture of Jesus. And if I can find it, I'll put it up in the video. It's, if you can see it now, it's a picture of Jesus and he's holding this giant teddy bear behind his back. And there's this little girl and she has this really teeny tiny teddy bear in her arms and she won't let it go. And he's like, honey, just please give it to me so I can give you this one. But you got to take that out of your arms. You got to have your arms empty and you got to trust me so I can give you this big one. And I'm trying to tell you today, I'm not trying, I'm successfully telling you today, right? Hallelujah. Glory. That your life today, where you live, who you're dating, where you work, where you go to church, 
who your friends are, how often you associate with family members, all of those things, what food you eat, how clean you keep your house, what your budgetary choices are, what your choices are in your marriage, how you treat your spouse, every single thing in your life you have made the decision on, by and large. And God's saying, I need you to give up the things you chose for yourself. And I want you to do things I've chosen for you because I'm your dad. And I love you so much that I'm not going to hurt you. I am not going to put you in a situation that's unbearable or hard. I'm actually going to put you in ease. I'm going to give you easy situations. I'm going to walk you beside green pastures and still water, Psalms 23 says. That's what I'm going to do for you as your good daddy. But if you keep trying to do things your way, you're not letting me help you. And so if you're not letting me help you, then I'm just going to have to sit here and watch because I gave you free will. That's the difference between being a parent of small children here on earth and God being a parent is that my children don't have free will. (laughs) They do to a point, but your free will says that you want to stay up late. My free will says, no, you don't. You're going to bed. And I supersede that because I have authority right now. And God says, I trust you and I love you so much. I'm never going to force anything on anybody. He's a perfect gentleman. God's not going to force himself on you. You're like, why didn't God get this to me sooner? Why didn't he just pipe up and talk to me? Because he's a perfect gentleman. He's not going to do that. He is, however, going to give you every opportunity to come to him. And all, all he says is the minute you do, ask and you shall find. Seek and the door will be open to you. I'd rather ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. That's Matthew 7, verse 7 and the NIV. Okay. So we've, we've gotten through two steps now. Let's see where we're at. Okay. We've got some time. Um, number one, recognize you need to get sanctified, commit to this. And, and I'm telling you right now, you got to commit early and decide right now you're not going to quit because having everything in your life drastically change and giving up this much control when you've been trained to do things a certain way, this is, it's not an easy process. And if I was it's a refining fire. There were times in this process where I would tell my husband, I feel like my flesh, like my actual skin's getting ripped off having to do things this way. I don't want to do things this way. This doesn't seem right to me. I want to do things my way, but that didn't work. I had to, I had to put it down. I had to trust. I had to trust in God's word. I had to trust in God more than me. I lean not on your own understanding. Lean not on your own understanding. Proverbs 3 Verse five, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Do not lean on your own understanding. You do not know. The beginning of knowledge is the fear of the Lord. If you don't know what to do after getting saved, you do not know. Okay. So I love you, but I'm telling you this with every ounce of love that I have. You're wrong. (laughs) you're wrong. You are wrong. Either you're lying or God's lying. And I pick you. Your way has not been right or your life would look perfect. And it doesn't. That's why you're here. Okay. So trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not, do not trust your own understanding of things today. You don't know. You've only had the beginning of knowledge, which is the fear of the Lord. You don't have anything after that. I know that you've read some verses. I know all that, but if your life doesn't look the way that I've described at the beginning, you haven't gotten there yet. And I love you, but you haven't gotten there yet. And there's more. And so that's what the Lord sent me to tell you today. There's more. Okay. Number three, 
Saturate yourself with the word of God. Saturate. When you saturate something, everything is covered in it. Get it in your eyes and in your ears. Listen to sermons from the ministers on our Bench Jesus page. That's the first place you go. You go to the Word. And then to listen to sermons, though, please, please, please listen to the ones that are on Binge Jesus at Lion and Lamb. It's lionlambministries.com. No and. Lion lamministries.com and it'll be linked in the descriptions down below and there's a link um up at the top on the left side and it's in all caps and it says binge jesus click on that link and let your peace let the holy spirit inside you lead you to the right videos the right ministers and the right videos those are god approved kingdom leaders Okay, those are generals of the faith. They've been doing this a lot longer than you or I have. And they know God and they walked with God for a long time. And they have things that need to be downloaded in our spirits and in our souls and minds so that we can understand this and be used as honorable vessels for the master's work. Jesus gave up his life for us. We're giving up our lives for him. That's what we're doing today. Okay, this is an action step. You got saved and you love Jesus. This is an action step. Show your love for him. Get sanctified. This is what he wants for you today because it gets him closer to you and it gets you closer to him. It's not so you, he can make you work and employ you. It's because it will bless you. He loves you. This isn't a, this isn't a pyramid scheme. You're not just getting sanctified so you can get other people saved and we can all go to heaven. No, there's abundant life on the other side of this. There's, there's a happy marriage. There's amazing children. There's fantastic grandkids. There's a wonderful home. If you need a retirement home that's full of friends and laughter and love and joy, it's for you. Maybe God's called you to that. Maybe you are 99 and a half years old and you are sitting in a retirement home and going, I don't know what to do with the rest of my life. And I don't know how long it lasts. Get in the word of God. You still have breath in your lungs. You get to work as a kingdom citizen. There are souls in that building. Go save them. That's what I'm trying to say here. You don't quit. You don't retire. You work for God until Jesus comes. Okay. Even if you work in the secular field, even if you're a stay-at-home mom, even if you're in a retirement home, you work for God. Even if you're in school, you work for God. Okay. Get that in your head. And not because he's a boss, because he's your daddy. This is a family thing. You're in the family of God. And this is the family's way of doing things. Okay. So listen to those ministers, those specific ministers. Okay. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Joshua 1, 8. We talked, we talked about this earlier. This is the key because what's, what's sometimes you have to look at verses like the end of the sentence and then the, the beginning. So let's hear what we get. The end of this, the verse is this, then you will be prosperous and successful. The Bible has an if-then principle in a lot of verses. And here's what I mean by that. In in a lot of chapters and promises of God, there's an if-then principle. If you do this, then I can get this to you. If you do not do this, I can't get this to you. He said it over in Deuteronomy. I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Choose life so you may live. Okay. Um, Okay. Be a... So... Let's sit in this for a minute. When I say saturate yourself with the word of God, I want you to understand that I don't mean read your Bible in the morning 
and then get on Instagram and then watch a TV show on your way to work and then have a bunch of secular talk all the time and mm-mm. no, it's not going to cut it. It's not going to do it. It's not going to get you sanctified. This is a refining fire. And so what it means is it's going to envelop you. Fire envelops you. And this is a holy fire. You're not going to get burned. Those three kids, when they went in that fire, that furnace that burned the guards that threw them in there, it was three times as hot. I think it was three times. Um, They didn't get burned. In fact, there was a fourth in there with them and it was Jesus. Not even their clothes were singed. I'm telling you right now throughout this process, my life was not affected. It felt like it was affected. It felt like it was hard. It felt like it sucked, but my life was not affected. But I'm telling you, because I waited to take these steps, I got the call of God on my life. I got some of my vision, not a lot of it because I wasn't, I wasn't asking for it. I wasn't serious about it. I was like, Oh God, I love you too. But sometimes I just want to watch below deck and not do this. Um, because I had those moments, I got, uh, my husband and I both, we were put in a discipline season cause we weren't listening. We were just not listening. And, and the, the Bible says the Lord disciplines his children. If you're a son or daughter of God, he will discipline you so that you can be made holy so that you can grow up to the full stature and the maturity of Christ. And so that doesn't mean a spanking. That doesn't mean grounding. That doesn't mean, you know, anything like that. It just means like for us, life got a little bare. Financially, things went down when, when we didn't really understand why finance, like in our business, things weren't going as well as they normally did. Uh, you know, things had always just been very easy to us. God had just blessed us a lot of our life or all of our life, really. I mean, he had just taken care of us. And so things just weren't as hard for us, I think, as other people, because we really did pray. We really did believe God. We just weren't walking with him the way we were supposed to. And a lot of you, I think, have that story, right? Like I've never missed a meal. I've always had a roof over my head. God's always taken care of me, but things have just kind of not always looked perfect, right? So that's a, that's a good example of like, I've been saved a long time. I love God. I pray. I read my Bible as much. I do what I can, but I just don't know what else to do from here. This is what we're doing today. And it, and maybe you weren't there. Maybe you were, uh, maybe you were got saved this morning, right? It doesn't matter. You're eligible for this. This is yours. And, and if you got saved this morning and you dive into this, I'm telling you right now, you're going to be the most powerful Christian because a lot of us have things to unlearn. And that's, I think where a lot of discipline comes in because God doesn't have to discipline his children that he disciplines every child because I think every child tries to push the boundaries. Every child doesn't, it's not sure, but I can tell you that coming out of the other side of it and we're out of it and we're in the blessing of Abraham. And I'm going to go into a whole teaching about that later. So stay tuned. Um, you know, we are just so blessed and we're so grateful that he loved us enough to put us through that. Even though it felt hard, even though it felt awful and it was hard, we were, we're on the other side of it. It woke us up. It woke us up. We were like, oh my gosh, we have to get serious with God because life is not going anywhere anymore. Why? Because we stepped out of the will of God. He was calling us forward and we weren't willing to walk. He was saying, hey, hey, come on, come up here. Let's go. And we were like, we love you, but we're not going to do things exactly like that. Right. We're not going to stop worrying. We're not going to stop not budgeting. We're not going to stop spending all of our money on whatever we want every single minute of the day. We're not going to stop, you know, fighting when we feel like fighting. And we really didn't fight that often. But compared to now, we don't fight. I don't fight with my husband. I don't have a single argument with him. We don't have strife in our marriage. We have a beautiful, full, healthy, lovely marriage because of the blessing 
right? Because we walked through this, our marriage got better and stronger. And so as a person, you just need to realize like, I want more for me. I want more for me. I have a holy dissatisfaction with where I'm at because if this is all possible, I want that, not this. And I'll tell you that money is like breathing air. The cruise of oil did not run out in that widow's house that day. And uh, it doesn't run out for us. And so, but it's because we're in the blessing. Okay, so get in the blessing and then money will be like breathing air. You want to be able to say that sentence. I promise it's awesome. Okay, so saturate yourself with the word of God. Get it in your eyes and your ears. So read the word and listen to sermons. So I'm talking lifestyle wise. Like what we did was we, I started, I'm a big praise and worship person. I love praising the Lord. I love praising the Lord. I love it. It's my thing. It's my flow. My husband, he praises him too, but he's got different flows, right? And my flow is just praise and worship all the time. And I love it. And God was like, I love that you love praise and worship, but we got to read, you know? So first things first, cut out all secular stuff, cut out all secular stuff. Okay. So when you're doing step three, this is the main step. This is the long step. This is the step that's going to, this is the refining fire step because this step three and step four, um, really all of it, but step three is the first part where you start changing everything about your life. Um, you are going to turn off all secular stuff, get out of the world and get into the word completely. So I'm talking delete social media tonight, right? Like as soon as this video is over, go delete all your social media, no scrolling, TikTok, no Instagram reels, no fun YouTube videos, nothing like that. Don't do it. If you're serious about this, you got to go cold Turkey because if you don't, the world is going to feel so comfortable to you that you will just sneak back into it. And you'll say, this is hard. I need a break. And that break will get longer and the break will get longer and you'll step out of this. And I am telling you that from experience, that's how I ended up in discipline. Okay. Because here's the thing. God loves you. He's calling you to more. That's why you're hearing this video. So not only is he asking this of you, he's requiring this of you as his child. And so if you're not going to want to walk in this, that has consequences. Um, and I'm just as a, as a representative of the kingdom of God, that's what I'm here to say. (laughs) Um, so all of that being said, glory, let's see where we're at. Okay. We've got a few more minutes. Um, turn off, turn off, turn off, turn off, turn off, turn off, turn off. When in doubt, turn it off. Okay. Turn off the television. No more secular television. I don't care if you're in the middle of the big brother season and you already picked a favorite, turn it off. I don't care if you love football, turn it off. I don't care if you love video games, turn it off. Get out of the things that make you comfortable. Because when you push yourself and you say, God, I'm giving it up. I'm giving it up. See what he adds back to your life. See, I loved television. In fact, if you've heard an, a previous sermon, I've even said I loved television. I was a binge queen, but I uh, don't even have a real taste for it anymore. And um, the Lord had, when I got through this process, right throughout that process, I realized like TV sucks. Listening to sermons all day is so much fun. And I know that sounds kooky, but it's true. Um, you know, so the reason sermons are so wonderful the reason they're so enjoyable is because they're light. 
they're speaking light. They're telling you stories. They're, they're teaching you about things. You're learning about God. Like right this right now, you feel interested. You're excited because your life is going to get bigger after this, right? A light is coming through the screen and it's not me. It's not my blonde hair, my fancy, very fancy set. I love it so much. Thank you, Jesus. I love it. It makes me feel so visual. Um, I love it. Praise God. This, I'm walking in the blessing. This is my dream, okay? Um, it's not about any of that. It's about God's word coming through and into your ears and into your eyes and into your heart. And you're like, wow, this is real. I'm watching somebody live their dream. I'm watching someone having gone through the other side of this and it's happening. And I, it's true. This kingdom of light, this power, this, this thing that's more precious than anything you've ever seen or heard of or felt it's real. It's so real. And you get that when you saturate yourself. And so what's awesome though, is that it doesn't take any time at all to start feeling that warmth and that light. And what you'll notice is the more you turn up the light, the more disgusting that darkness seems. You're like, why would I watch that? That's taking from me. And this is giving to me. Okay. So that being said, One of the things that I will say is we turned off everything. We deleted all social media. We deleted everything that we had. Uh, We got out of hanging out with friends. You know, our our discipline season kind of put us in that place anyway, but we, we did. We, I, I do have friends that I could hang out with that I don't. I'll just be honest. I don't spend a lot of time with other people. Why? Because, um, I'm not going to put darkness in my life. I'm very careful with who spends time around me and I'm very careful for how long. I don't spend a lot of time with people who aren't sanctified. I don't spend a lot of time with people who aren't made holy. I don't spend a lot of time with people who aren't walking with God. Even if they're not finished with the process, that's not the requirement. You got to be walking with God. I don't spend a lot of time with sinners. Oh, oh my goodness. Did she just say that? Did she know that Jesus ate with sinners? What is she thinking? We have to evangelize. Guys, that's not what I'm saying. Jesus ate dinner with sinners. He loved them. He, he fellowshiped with them in that sense, but they weren't close to him. They didn't go home with him. They didn't like know about his daily goings on. They didn't walk with him day to day, moment to moment, life to life, glory to glory. They didn't walk in that. They couldn't. They couldn't. They had to decide to change if they wanted to walk with Jesus. And so he said he would leave them and say, go and sin no more. But they didn't follow him around like, well, they <laughs> That's not true. They did follow him around, but he didn't have them in his inner circle. And so I have people in my life. I love, I adore, but they're not in my inner circle. And, and, and that's for a reason. That's for a reason, because there is no chance that I'm going to let somebody sneak in and get in my ear and, and I love them, right? I'm looking at them. They, they're so real. And so your brain and your body are automatically accustomed to believing what they say and, and you don't want to have the wrong things coming in your eyes and ears. Okay. So cut out people. And, and I'm not saying text everybody, you know, and say, I'm never speaking to you again. I'm not saying get on social media and be like, I am taking a 45 day break. And this is why, because you all suck and you're not holy. Please don't do that. Get off social media quietly. That's my advice to you. Okay. Thus saith the Lord, get off social media quietly. Don't make this a thing. This is your and God's thing. This is not your and the world's thing. Okay. One of the reasons you have to make sure that you stay out of the world is that 
you can't risk getting stuck in a rut because you've already been in a rut. (laughs) So the first thing God wants you to do is realize everything about your life is changing and it's changing drastically. So don't get into this and think when you come out of it, that life's going to look like it does today. Today's the last day you'll ever live this life. I promise. The last failure you ever had can be the last failure you'll ever have if you do what I'm telling you to do. Hook in with God. Decide to get on his level because he's not coming down to your level, babe. He's not. He's not coming down to where you're at. He is not coming down to sit in your car with you and worry. He is not coming down there to sit in your car with you while you fight with your boyfriend. He's not going to do it. What he is going to do is say, come up here, come up here in behavior, come up here in, in responsibility. But before you do any of that, come up here and reading your word, come up here and listening to sermons, just show interest in me. Just show interest in what I've got going on so that I can bless you so that I can help you. Glory to God. So, so that's what God's asking us to do. Um, the other thing that we did doing this step is we, you know, we would sit down at night and have dinner and just watch sermons. We did not turn a movie on. We did not turn to the TV on. Even at first when it was hard, because at first, the first, I remember at first it was like sermons seemed boring. I was like, I don't want to listen to this. I don't want to just do this. I want to break. My soul wants a break. You know, your soul's going to beg you. Your soul's going to start screaming at you because you've been feeding your soul nonstop. Your soul wants to be entertained. Your soul is a caricature. So, so let me break this down. You're a three in one. This is how you take control of your life. You're a three in one. You have a flesh. You have a soul. You have a spirit. You are a spirit. You, me, we are all spirits. When you die, it's not because the body died. It's because your spirit left the body. Okay. Your spirit and that spirit's going to go one of two places, heaven or hell. You already know that you're going to heaven. You're right here. Hallelujah. If you're not say, Jesus, come into my heart, come into my life. I love you forever. Lead me, walk with me, guide me. You're saved. Let us know. We'll send you a Bible. Go to our website, lionlandministries.com. Okay. Um, the point is this, that your spirit. Okay. And, and that spirit is really the core of who you are. And then you're housed in this soul. And this soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. So your emotions are your soul. Your mind is your soul. Your will is your soul. And all of those things have to take a backseat to your spirit. And then it's clothed in the body. Okay. Your soul and your spirit, it is clothed in your flesh. This flesh is the equivalent of a dead body. That's all it is. The minute your soul and spirit leave, it's gone. So you can think of this flesh as nothing more than a car getting you from one room to the next for the rest of your life. Okay. Um, take care of it, but make no provision for the flesh, make no provision for the flesh, flesh, the word says, and that doesn't mean don't feed it or sleep. God cares about that. God cares about all three parts of you. You're he's three in one. You're three in one, right? God, Jesus, Holy spirit, your mind, your, your soul, spirit, and body. Okay but your spirit first. And what the sanctification process does is it builds your spirit up. It, it cleans your soul out. It crucifies your flesh, right? It puts your flesh down at the very bottom. Your flesh should be the last thing you appease. You, you don't need to worry about the flesh. If your body hurts, pray for strength, keep moving. Okay. Pray for healing, keep moving, do what God's called you to do. Um, I'm not saying do that to the, to the exclusion of good sense, I'm not saying do that when the Holy Spirit's telling you to stop. You got to use your common sense. You got to use the Holy Spirit discernment and wisdom. 
But know that if God says, hey, I need you to do this thing, and you're like, I'm really tired, you crucify the flesh. You say, I don't care if I'm tired. Your spirit's going to rise up, and you're going to say, I'm going to get up, and I'm going to do this. Okay, that's step one. That's your flesh. You crucify your flesh. Tell your flesh, I don't care. This morning, my flesh did not want to exercise very much. My, my flesh wanted to stay at home. But my spirit was like, nope, I feel really good when we go on our walks in the morning. We are going on a walk. And these walks are not easy walks. These are like, I've got 70 pounds of stroller and babies up hills in the mountains. Okay. These are not easy walks. These are workouts. I didn't want to do it. My flesh, my flesh, I wanted to do it. My flesh did not want to. And I made no provision for the flesh. I wasn't like flesh. Of course you come sit down. No, this is a tool. You are going to work in the name of Jesus. You command that. Okay. So that's your flesh. Your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. And a lot of people live in their minds. I know I did. And that was the hardest thing for me to understand was that I could live outside of my mind because my mind was so busy all the time. My mind was so crowded all the time with thoughts, with intrusive thoughts from the enemy, with, with bad things that I'd been taught about myself and, and, and spoken over me. And so I just believed all those lies. I believed all the crap I was told about, um, you know, different things. You're taught different things throughout your life. And so you have to, to the, this whole process is getting rid of what you think is normal and putting God's normal in your life. That's all this is. That's all this is. That's all this is. You're getting out of your parents' normal, out of your normal, out of your spouse's normal, out of your kid's normal, and you're getting in God's normal. And when you do that, your life is so good. Okay. So that's all this is. That's all this is. Um, that's what the sanctification process is. Is just doing things God's way and, and doing God's normal because God's normal is having gold streets. God's normal is never getting cold. God's normal is having power to raise people from the dead. God's normal is helping be the light in the world, helping people. Don't you want to be able to help people to truly come up to people and then be like, I have this need and it's so great. And if I don't get help today, I'm going to be on the street. And you just be like, oh yeah, no problem. Would you love a million dollars to feel like 20 bucks? Because that's how God feels. God feels it's nothing. It's like literally nothing. He doesn't care. He has as much as he wants. He's like, here, take whatever you want. He's God. He has faith. Your faith will do the same thing God's faith does. Have the faith of the son of God, the word says. So the whole process is is crucifying the flesh and transforming the soul. Because your soul has to get cleaned out of all those things your parents taught you. I love parents. I love my parents. But they taught me some things that weren't right. People do their best in raising their children. And a lot of times we think what we were taught growing up is the normal. It's the thing we are supposed to do. And a lot of times your soul will even correct you. Like, that's not how your parents would do it. That's not how that such and such and -and so-and-so would do it. That's not how you were told. And you have to remember that God's normal is so radical. It's so good. It's so fun that you don't even, you're going to be so happy that you left all these other things behind. Okay. Because they're just the world and the world stems from the devil. So everything that doesn't agree with the word of God is demonic. It's demonic. It's from demons. It's from the devil. It's from Satan. It's from hell. Stop doing it. Like the wages of sin are death. The devil comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Okay? So you have to remember that you're not just choosing light. You're also choosing not to walk in darkness anymore. You're choosing not to walk in Satan's way of doing things. Satan's way of doing and being right is not right. God's way of doing and being right is right. Satan's trying to get kids to get mutilated at four years old, five years old. Convincing children they need to get surgery and castrating their bodies medically. 
That's Satan's way. People die in that way. People go to hell and they just burn for eternity. And and I'm not here to scare you in anything. I'm just trying to tell you like the decision you're making is more impactful than your soul's trying to convince you because your soul right now is trying to get out of this. I am telling you some things and your soul's like, oh, I don't want to do this. (laughs) Your flesh is like, I don't want to be told what to do. (laughs) Right. And so that's why I said you have to make the quality to hold on. Hold on just a second. Hey, you get a women minister, you have to wait for her to fix her earring. That's just part of it. Um, (laughs) Glory. Um, There are lots of women ministers rising up in the body of Christ. And I feel led of the Lord to tell you that if you're a woman and you're sitting here going, that looks really fun. I want to do that. I want to teach people about Jesus. It's because it's the Holy Spirit telling you to agree to be a minister of the gospel and to work for the Lord, because this is the best job you can ever have. So please don't overlook yourself. If you want to be a mom, be a mom. You can be a mom and be a minister. You can be a mom and do anything you want to be. So if God's calling you into the workforce, if he's calling you to do things that you didn't plan to do, if he's calling you to motherhood and you're comfortable with everything else, trust God. Okay. And that's, that's good for the fathers too. Your soul is this place where you think everything is right. And this is where you have to lean not on your own understanding. Your soul is where you've been living. Your soul is a... And then the Lord just talked to me about this. I just got this download from the Lord. This is not Holly Smith's talking. This is Jesus Christ. Okay. This is God, the father. This is the Holy spirit. This is not Holly Smith. Okay. I want you to remember that. Um, and that's why things are hitting you. That's why I think, cause I can't say anything that would hit you. I don't know you, but God does. Okay. That's why these words are impactful to you. Um, what I will say is that, and I'm also led to tell you this piece that you're feeling with all this light, this is the feeling of the Holy Spirit confirming the word for you, confirming what you already know, which is you're a child of God. The word says that the Holy Spirit will confirm to your spirit that you're a child of God. And so you're just learning how your father wants you to act and you're going to do it because you're awesome and you're fully capable and equipped and you're going to live in a glorious, fulfilling, beautiful life. And I'm so excited for you that you're doing this. I can't wait. Oh, I'm so excited. Oh my goodness. Okay. I'm going to finish telling you about your soul now. Um, your soul is, and this is what the Lord told me. So that's what I was going to say. Your flesh is basically a dead body. That's what he said. He's like, it's just a body. Um, it will become, it'll be heavenized basically. Like when he raises everybody up, you'll live in heaven in a glorified body that won't be subject to sin and death. Okay. This body is subject to sin and death. This body will continue to tell you it wants things it should not have every single day. Um, and you can just expect that it just, you just crucify the flesh daily instead of Sunday and you're going to be okay. Um, soul. So what he said about the soul is that it's a caricature of itself. Your soul is also your personality. Your spirit is your personality. I mean, your spirit is who you are, but your soul houses a lot of things about your personality, right? My soul is what makes my hair flip sometimes. You know, my soul is what makes me have that one, you know, tick or not tick, but just like look or whatever. My, my soul is where, you know, I really, really, really want Whataburger today. You know, that's your will. That's what you're wanting. Um, that would feed your soul. Your body just wants food. Your body is not craving anything. Your body, your body is, is like, Oh, that tastes good. Your tongue might want something, but your soul is what wants 
all the bad food. (laughs) So your flesh doesn't care. Your flesh just wants to be fed. And that's why your flesh will get fat or skinny based on how many calories you intake. Your flesh doesn't want you to hold like your body itself. It doesn't want you to hold more calories than you're supposed to have and all that stuff because it's harder on your body. Right. And so your soul is what wants all that nasty food. Your soul is what wants all of the, um, the bad things. And so that's what you have to transform because your will, your will is what you want right? That's what I want. That's your will. Everything you want, your will. That's in your, that's in your soulish realm. Okay. So your mind is the place where the devil, your mind is the devil's playground. This is where he tries to take you out. And this is why this process is that important because you're, you're building yourself up and you're training yourself to withstand the evil one. They overcame the evil one by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. You got to get a testimony of this stuff. You got to live the Bible. You cannot, this is the Bible. I have the Bible on my phone. You got to live the Bible. Okay. This has to be lived. It cannot be read and read alone. Um, Next week, we're going to be talking about step four, which is being a doer. But this week we're just, we're just working on step three, which is saturating yourself. This saturation process is going to be extensive. It's going to touch every area of your life. When you go to the bathroom and you normally scroll TikTok or whatever, you're going to read Bible verses. You're going to watch sermons. You're going to listen to praise and worship music. Turn off the secular music, turn off the secular television, turn off the secular entertainment of any kind, shape or form. Put away things you would normally spend a lot of time doing to put them down, put them down. I'm not kidding. Put them down. Oh, but that one thing. Okay. Is it essential or is God asking you to put it down? Because more than likely, if you're like, oh, he's asking for everything but this one thing, I guarantee you that one thing is what he's asking you to put down. Okay? Um, Put it down for him. Because right now, you don't have a testimony of what I'm saying. You don't. This is where you have to just feel in your spirit, this is right. I know this is right. I have such a peace about this. And I need to keep walking this out. I need to start walking this direction. I need to go this way. And you go this way and you keep going this way and it will change your life forever. And if you're watching this um, in real time and so I haven't posted the next video yet, don't worry. Spend a week in the word and we'll meet back next week and we'll talk more about what to do next because you you need more than a week of, of being saturated. Um, know that everything that you're going to learn over the next couple of weeks is going to change your life. You do what I'm telling you to do. You hook into what I'm saying. It's going to change your life. So... You're going to spend every minute of your time either taking care of the things you need to take care of or being in the word, whether it be through the actual word, which you can't skip. You got to do sermons and this. You can't just do this and you can't just do sermons because if you just do this, the Bible says um, that there's a way to, excuse me, the Bible says there's a way to rightly divide the word rightly dividing the word of truth. So if there's a way to rightly divide the word of truth, there's also a way to wrongly divide the word of truth. And so we don't get into that mess. We don't want to get into the confusion of wrongly dividing it. Absolutely read it, read it, read it, read it. Don't be scared of it. Read it. God will help you. The Holy Spirit will inspire you and and give revelation. Pray for that. Every time you open your Bible, pray for revelation, look inside and say, Holy Spirit, lead me, guide me, show me things. Right. And it may take some time, but you're going to get that. And you can get it the very first time. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to speak. I apologize. I shouldn't have spoken that over you. Get it the first time. Believe what you're going to say. Believe what you pray for. It will happen. Um, 
But you can't just do sermons because if you just do sermons, you're not going to have the foundation you need. The sermons help you rightly divide the word of truth. So this is the main thing. The sermons are secondary, but the sermons are essential, essential to, um, guys, has my nail been like this the entire time? Oh, I'm going to edit this whole thing and see that. Forgive me. Uh, forgive me. Okay. We tried. Um, I did not have time to go to the salon. Um, that's okay. We got two small kids. We're doing our best today. I love it. Um, I'm walking in, in real true life. And that means that that kind of stuff's just not going to bother me more. I'm still going to put this video up. And all of you that are women, uh, know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I am determined that throughout my life, as I minister the gospel to people and God said, you know, your audience is women. I'm determined throughout my life to make sure that I use female examples. I am, I don't like <laughs> the word female sounds weird, but I'm going to use girly examples because men talk about shaving their faces and watches and driving fast cars. They use all their examples. So you're going to use, you're going to hear all mine. I cook, I bake, I take care of children. I, you know, I paint my nails. I wear earrings. I wear fancy dresses. I love my life. I love being a woman and I'm going to celebrate that throughout my messages. So if it's something new for you, good. Women are going to be rising up in the church. You're going to hear more of this. Um, that just came out. I don't know what the Holy Spirit, that was Holy Spirit. Okay, good to know. Um, this is just me, guys. This is just who I am. This is what God's created me to be. And I'm not smiling to the camera because I'm on camera. I actually smile this much. Genuinely. I really do. I actually am this happy. I actually love God this much. I actually love the word this much. I'm actually in the word all the time. I'm actually watching sermons all the time. I watch them. Like I genuinely, they relax me. I love hearing people talk about God. I love hearing their stories. I love hearing about their lives. I love hearing about their kids. I love that stuff. It's so entertaining. So that's the other thing. Like you're not going to not have entertainment listening to sermons. You're going to get stuff, especially the guys that I put on there because God is a personable God and he's going to use personable examples. And yeah, there's teaching on there that's boring, uh, or that doesn't have as many, um, not boring. That's not the right word. Sorry. It feels boring before your soul's transformed. <laughs> But it's not boring. It's so interesting. That's what you have to remember, guys. It's like, it's just, you're not prepared yet to hear some of the things you're going to start watching, but that's okay. Let your soul hear it. It's going to clean you out. You're going to hear it and you're going to hear it and you're going to hear it and you're going to hear it. And if you, you're not going to run out of sermons, but there may be some you need to go back to because they're explaining fundamental key principles that were so that are so vital to the Christian life, that are so vital to walking this way and to being a doer of the word and to helping people. Because at the end of all this, you get to help people. You get to be a blessing to people. You're blessed to be a blessing. You get to help people in need. And right now, there are a lot of you who would be like, I could really use an extra this or that, or I would love it if something like this would happen. And you're going to be able to do that for other people. Um, People around you are going to start being blessed or they're going to get out of the way. There are people God's going to remove out of your life through this process. There are people who are going to come into your life through this process. There are people that um, are going to get angry with you about this process. Uh, there's a lot of people who you know you're doing the right thing when even other Christians are like, hey, settle down. 
like cool off. <laughs> you know you're doing the right thing when that happens because God is in all in God. Jesus was a radical. People hated him. And I don't mean that as like a glorified thing. I just mean like he was so into God and into the supernatural and into eternity. And he was aware of the fact that this world doesn't mean that much. It's just but a vapor and a mist. And he knew that and he acted like that and it rubbed people the wrong way. So know that this life that you're walking into, this, this holy, holy power you're about to step into, it's going to rub people the wrong way especially people who aren't saved, especially people who may look saved, but secretly are not saved. (laughs) Um, There's a lot of those. And then the people who are jealous, the people who want to do more, the people who want to learn, but they don't know what you're doing. You're going to help those people and just pay attention to the ones that want to come along and let the Lord prune people out of your life that should not be there. Even if they're very precious to you, because you have to remember that this surrender, this surrender, what you did in that prayer that you prayed earlier, this surrendering to God, it's a complete surrender. It's a surrender of, of intimate details that you would never even talk about with other people. God will talk to you about. God will address with you because he's your parent. And he's not just a, a, an average human parent. He's God as a parent. And so he is not... Um, He's not embarrassed by anything that happens in your life. He, he created you and all your, everything that happens with your body and your life. He created it. He created your, he created you and how you operate and function. And he just wants to be, he wants you to do things his way in every area of your life. And when you do that, when you allow him into every area of your life and not just the parts you feel are appropriate or comfortable, you're going to learn that complete surrender is freedom. It's peace. I have, in my entire life, never sat this still for this long, I'm pretty sure, unless I was unconscious. Um, I'm anointed with peace that I never had before. I was an anxious person. I was depressed. I was angry. I was uh, manipulative. I was very wary of people. Um, that was one of the things I was taught that growing up that, you know, you have to be very wary. Everyone's trying to take advantage of you. Everyone's trying to get one up on you. Everyone's trying to steal you. Um, and you have to be careful because the world's out to get you. And God said, be careful for nothing. God said, trust that I'm always going to protect you. God said, I'm your shield. I'm your help. God said, you have no reason to fear daughter of a king, son of God. You don't have any reason to fear. You walk on this earth like you own it because you do. I made it for you. The earth was created for the sons of men. Glory. Hallelujah. That's what the Bible says. And see, when you read the Bible, you learn all these things about yourself you didn't know. The Bible says that the word is a mirror and people who don't do what it says is like someone who looks in a mirror and then just walks away and forgets what they look like. You read the word, but you don't walk away knowing that you got power. You read the word, but you don't walk away knowing you could heal people. You walked away not knowing you could be rich and prosperous and loving. You walked away thinking you still had to have the same sick, broke, busted problems you had yesterday. No, this will change things. Rightly dividing the word of truth by listening to sermons, enveloping yourself in the presence of God by having praise and worship music on. These are holy, good, godly things. The last thing I'll say is this, that no matter how hard you try, you are not going to get God to love you less. No matter how hard you try, you are not going to convince God that your way is right and his way is wrong. No matter how hard you try, you are not going to convince God this isn't the next step in your life. It is. 
It's what he's asked for you. It's what he has for you. It's what he's called you to. And what is beyond this is everything. Sanctification, it's so big, it's so mighty, guys. And next week is part two. Every Wednesday, we're gonna be posting a new video. Thank you, thank you, thank you for liking this video. Subscribe to our channel, leave us a comment, let us know what you thought. And remember, if you just got saved today, go to lionlandministries.com, click I just got saved. I'm gonna send you a free Bible and some materials on how to live this Christian life. Oh, it's gonna be good. We love you, we pray for you. Remember, show up, be brave, and God will do the rest. Bye-bye.